You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 341st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in lovely Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in Occupied by the Military Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, where ironically, I'm enjoying a cup of tea this evening. I've got my pinky out while I drink it because... You eating some biscuits? Well, I need to be careful about my pinkies these days. I've been reading and trying to follow along with the UCI rulings on what part of my hands I can and can't use, and I'm I'm just trying mm-hmm. to be safe by keeping my pinkies off the levers. I thought okay, you know, I thought you were doing it because of all the British riders winning, podiuming, winning, 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 winning in the last week. I thought maybe that's why you're drinking tea with the pinky, but I see it's a dual threat kind of thing. It could be. I I appreciate this because it's you're going after the um, was it Richardson from Alpecian that got uh, kicked out of the tour of Turkey. I'm assuming that some second tier race at the UCI all of a sudden decides to enforce the most arbitrary of all rules. Well, you know World we tour. get we finally got our answer to can you actually do the TT position that we've all done in a race when we're too scared to actually do what the pros do and you just hook the pinkies on those, uh, I think the (laughs) SRAM levers are the best option because, you know, they move more. This is a a very, very true point that I have done this where I do hook the the pinky over because I am a little too afraid of hitting a bump, Mm -hmm. like a a pothole, and if I just had my arms, forearms on there, but it is good to see the UCI is taking into account the safety of all of its riders mm-hmm. to the point that, you know, they're going all out there, but they still can't find a way to rapidly produce a photo finish that is used other than, okay, we're going to go all over here. But what I'm getting to is UCI really seems to care about levers and forearms on handlebars, but doesn't seem to care about photo finishes. And what happened at Amstel and in the women's uh, Peel race on Wednesday? Do, did you think that Amstel took too long? I didn't think it actually took too yes, long. Yes, it took forever. It didn't it, take there forever. Was a good it took like ten, three minutes. There, <laughs> there was a good 10 to 15 minutes before that photo no. was presented. Yes, if you go on Twitter, people were taking spy shots of a commissaire's cell phone to see who won, to see the actual photo. Yeah, but like Wout um, knew, Wout knew pretty quickly it was him. I don't think it was in doubt. Yeah, the but, coverage was clear about who they, who had won. Oh, really? Do you think Demi Vollering also knew that she had won? I mean, wait, no, she didn't win because Ruth Winder won. That's a different situation. I'm just saying. Race, on, yes, it's not a different situation. No, it's different. It is well. It is a different situation. They are completely different races on different days. Um, but yes, I think they took different amounts of they had different amounts of. Clarity. They took enough time. They took enough time for them to Photoshop in Wout Van Aert taking the win over Tom Pitcock at Amstel Gold. 
I think we're like it, mixing all our races up here. Yes. Amstel Gold is where we are right now. Yeah. What it came down to at the end of the day is obviously, as I take a sip of this tea here briefly, Tom Pidcock was clearly the better rider here. Um, the Brits have been crushing it. I am in full uh, support of um, you know British cycling tearing down the UCI and uh, and getting really to the bottom of this um, because he was robbed. You know, just because Wout Van Aert had another two pounds of pressure in his tire or whatever it was that made that difference. Um, but it's well, they, unthinkable the, that uh, the Brits brought their A game. Yeah. They they brought it for Prince Philip. Look. Tom Pitcock, after after the race, said he was the faster guy. What more information do you need? <laughs> That's true. I mean, he was the faster guy on Wednesday. Do we know if he's running, if Watt was running 28s? And Pidcock was running twenty fives. I mean, that's wait. I thought what I need to know. Wow, I I need the caliper. Well, I thought you were gonna take it. Are we sure that Pidcock wasn't running? You know, like his world class five minute mile or whatever it was. I thought yeah. we were just really going all back in the archives. You know, if Shockman wasn't there, they should have just agreed. Like this would be great. They shake the hands at one k to go or something. They get off the bike and they run it out because they're both. We know they're both good runners. Cyclocross form. Uh-huh. And I think uh-huh. at that point, if they've shown that they're the best bikers in the race, why not settle it mano a mano with a good 1K? See, I disagree. <laughs> I think what they should have done is about 3K out, they should have gone into a pit and done a um, an exchange. Yeah. Okay. And then go to the line, like switched over to their cross bikes. Yeah. Oh, wait. Does Wout have a cross bike? Does Pitcock? Does Pitcock? Yeah, that, I'm confused. That's, that's the big best question. part. <laughs> what bike? I uh, I feel bad for Pitcock. I mean, I don't think he won regardless, but there was no way that he was ever going to win because he's like Wout is so much taller, so much larger of a human. He's got so such a bigger bike throw that it just doesn't seem fair. You guys, okay? Let's can I just can we pour one out to all the original cyclocross heads out there? Because in particular, um, you know, Bill over at Cyclocross Radio, because now clearly there are three like the, you know, the, welcome our new overlords, Tom Pidcock, Matthew Vanderpool, Wout Van Art, right? All cyclocross racers, all cyclocross pedigree. And from here, this point forward, I don't think anyone's going to really ever talk about cyclocross again, because now it's just assumed that they're all like road racers. Yeah, maybe. You know, I, before we go on, I want to note Quentin Herman's. Got twentieth, finishing in that big sprint finish, three seconds back. So that's that's three, three cyclocross stars right there too. Give give them a little love. Good result, not great, but good. Cyclocross stars is a stretch for Hermans, but I I get what you're <laughs> saying. He's he's a um, he's a I think he's a sub topper. I think is is how, where yeah, he is. That's, how about okay? How, how about the wide angle uh, fourth place for Bling Matthews, fan of the podcast and it. legend of the podcast, Alejandro Valverde, oh, who for so a second good. there, I thought he was going to win Amstel. <laughs> yeah, now, he made the move. Little guy, how is, how, is, how has Valverde done in Amstel before? I have no idea. He's been about this. I, don't, I am not going to go back to look, look through all his results. <laughs> I don't has know. he ever won it? No, he's well, never won it. That's the thing. That's why he has to race another year because it's the race... Right. It's the one elusive uh, feather in his cap. Right. So I saw a lot of chatter um, debating both sides of of 
the course argument. Um, some people loving the circuit race. Some people not loving the circuit race. Do you guys have an opinion on this? Because I think I'm a fan of the circuit race. Yeah, you're American. It's what we do well. We just, you know, it's the only roads you need to close down. It's the future, man. It is the future. It's, they're always it. better than road races, at least in America. A road race in America is a recipe for four boring corners. Yeah. Um, I I like the circuit race. I don't know if it's better than the normal Amstel course, but I do not understand people complaining about it. Do these people not remember we didn't have an Amstel last year? So like, <laughs> oh, oh, we had a really great circuit race as opposed to the usual twisty still kind of usually a circuit race because it usually goes up the coburg a bunch of times anyway Mm -hmm. so it's like they took a half circuit race and they made it a full circuit race if you're complaining about that like you got too much time on your hands man you you had a great day of racing on the women's side and the men's side there's nothing to complain about other than the finish photo taking precious seconds of your life well we'll get to that in a second but the Spencer, are you a fan of the circuit race? I am a fan. I I liked it so much. I think that they could actually the UCI should look into this format uh, a little more. They could even you know maybe spice it up, maybe offer you know points every some lap points. or yeah. something yeah. like this. Some, come up with some sort of yeah. um, yeah. you know I love it uh, scoring system. Make it a make it a uh-huh. series even. Um, this but don't make the be... scoring system clear. Make it a very confusing scoring system. I mean, I'd like a scoring UCI. system, but I'd like it to be <laughs> very confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the UCI's got a handle on that. I don't know what they'd call it because the Hammer Series is taken, but, um, you know, I'm sure they'll come up with something. I... All I know is yeah. that if I was there, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. if I was in um, Amstel, Holland... <laughs> <laughs> and I was, if I was, it finishes in Amstel, right? Was, it starts in Amstel, and, and I was throwing back some Heinekens. Yeah. Uh huh. Sure. And I was like, man, I really wish there was a light version of this beer. Uh-huh. And if I was, um, on the like, I guess to me, if I was a fan, I want to see that race come by multiple times. Mm-hmm. I had a ton of fun in Richmond, Virginia, because I was standing on Libby Hill. I saw the race come by like ten times that day. Yep. And then I watched. 13 minutes with my friends on the TV before we all ran over to the, the fence to get our spot again. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. That's how, 100%. like, why wouldn't you want it that way? I mean, that's obviously what what Flanders learned when they changed up the course in the last handful of years where they kind of do a little circuit at the end is that, well, one, they can sell the spots, right. but also it's entertaining for the fans. Guess who would buy a ticket? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And on, on TV, I like the old older version of Flanders, but hey. yeah, in real life, if we had to go to Flanders, I would much rather that I had a spot where I could sit and watch a race go by a handful of times, for sure. Hey, guys, guess why I love cyclocross? <laughs> it's like a circuit race. Yeah, because I, I love watching a race go by multiple times instead of sitting in a French field with my baguette, some cheese... Uh-huh. Some mm-hmm. I mean I guess plant based protein. I guess that's why just people carving like carving up crits, some sandwiches right? for for twenty five seconds of someone coming by. Well then it's, you get a ridiculous. Then you get a sprint across the farmer's field back to your car and get in a traffic jam for another hour to get to a spot where you can do it all over again to see another twenty five seconds. Yeah. Very true. Sounds the only so race good. that should be point to point is Paris Roubaix. Done. Solved it. Meh Liege Bastone Liege because it just that could just be one really big circuit. Yeah, just a one lapper used once, <laughs> just a one lapper. Um, so yeah, 
We mentioned on the top that the um, the women's race was also fantastic. It was a jumbo party on the top step of the podium with Marianne Voss taking the sprint win. Yeah, that was that was awesome. pretty sick. Um, the finish of that race with the the breakaway group getting caught, I think within three hundred meters, maybe within two hundred meters, very close. Very close. And yeah. uh, Voss just being boss and doing what she does. Yeah. Shout out to Amanda Spratt for the Australian fourth place finish for Team Bike Edge. Ooh, tough weekend, right? Tough weekend of racing. Um, a fantastic result for Amanda Spratt. Don't get me wrong, with Annemiek Van Vluten and Demi Vollering once again in second place, just beating them. But uh, well, you like to see uh, Wout and Bling both um, following up their female teammates' uh, results with their results of their own. So yeah, the, always good to see. True. The second time this year that Voss has won and then Wout took the inspiration to win. And he didn't. So that's kind of, is that the only time? I got to look this up. That might be the only times he's won this year. (laughs) He might need Mariana Voss to help him win, which wouldn't be a bad thing to have because she wins a lot. While you're looking that up on the men's race, I'm curious what you guys thought of the sprint um, finish. Now the break, uh, because they they got away Mm -hmm. with what, like, 15k left i'm trying to remember i started watching from 45k i was kind of going between screens kind of um i don't even know what my gcn password is because i tried <laughs> to bring it up on my computer uh-huh. so then i could call a little guy and then i couldn't figure out my password and i think i did that thing where like chrome will create a password for you and it's all the different upper lowercase letters that you're never going to remember yeah it didn't really transfer over to my um my desktop so anyways what did you guys think of the sprint did they they could have cat and mouse a little bit more, don't you think? I mean, they only uh, they only three, won by they had three more threes. seconds to play. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I not think, much. Yeah, I think memories of uh, twenty nineteen were fresh in everyone's mind um, as they as the field bore down on them. And Valverde is basic was leading the field. He's basically Matthew Vanderpool uh, three generations ago. So, so they <laughs> they obviously were pretty pretty scared. I. I was nervous the whole time. Like, I couldn't believe how late they left this sprint. Like, I thought they didn't exactly cat and mouse, but they they messed around and didn't really start the sprint for longer than yeah. I uh, expected. Um, I saw the 300 meters go by, and I was like, okay, any second now. And then I saw the 200 go by, and I was like, okay, guys, okay. And then I saw the 150, and I was like, okay, we need to yeah. go. And then they started. All right, you're on well, the backstretch now. Especially <laughs> considering that, so at midweek at the De Bramben, say, Peel or whatever you say, like, Pidcock beat Wout, and it seemed like Wout knew that he needed to start the sprint longer. The only way he's going to beat him, because Pidcock was way faster on Wednesday. He seemed mm. snappier today. So, yeah, same. So, like, at 300, it was like, like Wout, you got to go. Like, you've got to just drag so- race pitters uh-huh. like there's no way if you leave it to a jump like but you know it worked out let's, let's get into um brampasse peel um basically pidcock over Wout van art and mateo trenton but more spectacularly the women's race ruth winder over demi vothering and elisa balsamo of the valcar team yeah. um gentlemen i don't know if you guys caught this but uh Vollering thought that she had the win. She started taking the hand off the handlebars. How that's allowed by the UCI, I don't know. <laughs> Ruth Winder with the bike throw 
Yeah. Uh-huh. It doesn't look like she wins at all on the TV camera, which is, you know, not identical. Absolutely stoked by Trek Zagerfado's win by Ruth Winder, U.S. national champ. My kid the Mm -hmm. next day wore the jersey to school. But here's the question that I have. How the hell do these photo cameras work? I don't get it. I've read two different descriptions about how that weird photo where you got the whole rider's bike along the finish line, then uh-huh. their spokes are all bent. I don't get it. I trust it because someone told me to trust it. Although I believe Ruth Winder won, definitely taking the U.S. Uh, Stars and Stripes uh, to the line. So right away I was like, oh, yeah, for sure, it's Ruth Winder. Um, there's no way Wout Van Aert beat Pitcock today. And then I look at that photo. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how this thing works. Do you guys know? I think it just takes a lot of pictures really quickly, right? As far as I understand. It's just somebody's iPhone, right? And it's just, it's just sitting there. Yeah, they put it on slow-mo. Hit record. It's an app. You can just get the app. Someone told me that, or one of the articles I read, uh, Leonard Zinn, uh, um, description was that the camera is actually moving with the riders, so it's taking just one frame, but it's like a long exposure, oh. so you can see when people are coming across the line, and then it can be all compiled together. I don't know if that's 100 percent accurate. That's what I kind of remembered, and but I also was a C plus student um, <laughs> in English class and oh. in literature composition. Like I, you know, yeah. You guys tell me all you want. How would that work? Because how would they um, know if how would they time the camera to go at a speed? I don't understand. Well, that. I'm pretty sure it's this, it works the same way as an NFT, which we'll get to in the <laughs> listener emails. People can just tell me how it works. Mm-hmm. It look. I mean, sure, I believe it. The women's finish of Peel mm-hmm. was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yes. Ruth Winder went all the way to the line. Didn't execute a perfect bike throw. I feel horrible for Demi Vollering to get in second place twice on the week and the first time thinking that she had won by starting to lift the one arm over the line. Um, It is what it is. You just can't lift that arm before the line. (laughs) And you know what? Um, Speaking of Mariana Voss, she nearly Mm -hmm. had the same thing happen to her uh, at Amstel. It's true. wasn't quite as close, but... I, I was a little worried for her there for a second that maybe she had set up and celebrated a little too early. <laughs> yeah, so, it, was a little, it was a little dicey. Now we are, um, let me check the watch here. We're 15, we're, we're almost 20 minutes in and we have yet to um, mea culpa the, uh, the conversation that started last week's podcast about um, fan favorite Mark Cavendish uh not being able to win a race. I believe Spencer's words were over the hill, just doesn't have it anymore. Mm. Yeah. Not on good form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds Horrible. like me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just real <laughs> I think I said I was really <laughs> proud it, of him. Yeah, yeah. But that was just uh, you were just being nice. How, guys, how awesome was it that Mark Cavendish, knowing that we the the his ears burning, knowing that we spent a good solid five minutes Wondering if he was ever going to win a bike race again, that he wins three amazing races. I think collectively, or four, four, sorry. Yeah. Four stages of the Tour of Turkey. I think collectively, we were all questioning 
if he was going to win again, and if he did, we were going to be very excited. We were not like throwing him under the bus. We were just like, hey, he's kind of old. I think one of one of the three of us had to jump and do the research and look at how many days it had been since he'd last won. And it was like 1,500 days or something wild. And then went into contract talk saying who got the most bunk deal signing Mark <laughs> Cavendish and how terrible yeah. of a signing he was. I can't remember which one of the three of us that was, but yeah. pretty yeah. I, hmm. <laughs> All I know is that uh, Quickstep got a hell of a deal signing Mark Cavendish because I'm pretty sure they're not even paying for him, mm-hmm. according to the reports that uh, I think Specialized picking up a fair amount of that contract. Um, I saw how I, uh, I saw awesome I saw a stat um, that he went from like 390th in the UCI ranking up to like 175th or somewhere around there. Um, Really providing some value for the team. Because as we know, when oh. contract negotiations come around, it's those UCI points that matter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, Big deal. I am genuinely excited for Mark Cavendish. Absolutely stoked for the friends in the United Kingdom who are never going to let us hear the end <laughs> of it. That they that they are basically crushing professional cycling now, even in the one-day one day categories with Pitcock, Cavendish um, on the sprints. It It is great to see. Uh I hope he's in the Tour de France. I would love a Cav win on a Tour de France stage. Here's the question, though. Are these results at the Tour of Turkey, are they just a little, you know, too good? Like, like is he against a weaker field? Because you got Greipel, who has routinely now been on the podium, and then Jasper Philipson of Alpecian, who is winning his fair share. Mm-hmm. So is it just a weaker field? Or is Cavendish the real deal and should be the man getting the lead out from quick step? Uh, no, Bennett's still well, there. Come on. Those are two completely, yeah. Those can yeah. be completely different questions. It's not a bad field. Uh, I mean, uh, Philipson's really good. Halverson, who got third on the, whatever the last stage of Turkey, he's, he's, he's a good rider, the Uno X guy, but, you know, it's. He's, he's, um, come on. Yeah, I think he's the real deal. I think he's still got it. I don't think he should be um, the <laughs> sprinter at the tour or whatever it was you asked. Um, that's just wild. I mean, they're all in yeah. GC for Alaphilippe. We know it. There's no other way to explain his slight underperformances so far this year other than he's secretly been doing mountain training camps. Well, you heard it here first, folks, on the Slow Ride Podcast at Alaphilippe going for the overall and not a Cavendish stage win. Um, so other shout outs at the tour of Turkey, Jose Manuel Diaz for team Delco taking the overall, but an amazing stage win, putting one of the best jerseys in the professional Peloton on the top step of the podium. Uh, I will just quick shout out to anybody that wants to go back to the stage five victory photo where it looks like, uh, he's wearing a Jersey that's either designed in the 1980s when belly shirts were hot or it's just one size too small. Um, I'm loving it. I think it's great. <laughs> great looking kit. Uh, I don't know much about him, but one hell of a win. Yeah, good kit. I was surprised that, that Turkey had a ri- like a stage that went up a hill. It seemed like, from what I'd been paying attention to, that it was just all sprinter stages. But I guess they didn't want Cav to win the GC, so they 
I feel like maybe you have some sort of disorder, little guy, where where anything is a sprinter stage unless it finishes on the top of a, an alpine climb. Well, if Cavs if Cavs win and you know it's a sprinter stage, I mean, I'll admit I didn't watch any of Turkey. I didn't <laughs> care. I'd look at the results. Um, though I will say, uh, Tom Boonen, Tom Boonen, when he would ask me mm-hmm. if there was a bike race on, and I would say Turkey. He he got into it by the end here. He'd ask me in the morning. He's like, "Is is Turkey on today?" <laughs> It'd be great if he just turned away and walked away, just like. Oh, slam the door in disgust. No. Tell me when there's a real bike race, Dad. <laughs> he knows what's important. I mean, he knows we didn't watch any turkey, but we definitely watched bike racing on Wednesday and on uh, today for Amstel. So he knows when the important races are. All right. So anyways, it's been a pretty good uh, weekend. And then obviously, little guy, you want to just do a quick 30-second uh, update on the Volta Catalonia? Mostly... Um, is there any reason why? I didn't. Or, sorry. The... <laughs> no, I'll admit, I paid no attention to that. Kung won the overall. DeMar won a stage. I don't know what else happened. Cool. It happened. What about uh, Volta Colombia? There's like five races going. Oh, Anything uh, at Volta Colombia oh, that anyone should care yes, about? Yes, 100%. Oscar Seville, Sevilla, uh, uh, 44 years young, won the opening uh, prologue. I just want to make sure we remember. He's been a pro since 1998. Of course, second in the 2001 Volta. We all remember putting that VHS in while we were on the trainer. Looks mm-hmm. like he took a couple years there off. Um, he any reason why he took 2010 <laughs> off? That's true. He did yeah. well. I would count 2008 and 2009 when he rode for little-known, disgusting gene company, Rock Racing. Also, as years he had off, so mm-hmm. uh, he had a little I, trouble with uh, with the UCI. Now, you guys know I'm not one for my fashion, um, so we're going to go to Fashion Corner here with our fashion expert, Spencer. Uh, is Rock Racing, or sorry, is Rock Republic jeans still around? Uh, not in the capacity that they were, and I'm not sure if uh, the brand name just got bought uh, by some, you know, low-level kind of place. Yeah, or if there was just a lot of back stock that's all at Marshalls or whatever now, but... Uh, you could still find them if you want to rock some rock. Yeah. Great stuff. Did, rock did some you, rock. Were you, did you ever have a pair of Rock Republic jeans? I did not. Yeah. I was a, I was I. a, I, I was a seven man there in the uh, early 2010s. Yeah, the, the early teens. Um, all right. I was just, I was, in the I was great, just curious. In the great jeans um, denim war of uh, the early 2010s. Um, no. Yeah, you want to have yeah. stories to tell your grandkids about the great denim yeah, wars. You know, so battle they, lines they, were drawn. Yeah, you know, they knew you're on the right now, side Oscar of history. Sev- Oscar Sevilla, Sevilla, sorry, forty-four years old, just, just just paving the way for Alejandro Valverde. When we talk about Alejandro Valverde being old, yeah, still has a couple years. Still has a couple of years left. And then Cavendish. Oh, my God. What a glorious time of cycling. The more things change, the more things stay the same. I, I mean, love it. You, you think about it, but, I mean, we've we've discussed Valverde to death, I guess, but uh, he's still racing. Like, he's that old or he's nearing that age, but he's still racing at the world tour level, which is <laughs> absolutely bananas. Like, it doesn't make any sense. All these other guys like, oh, Rebelin's still racing. Yeah, okay, that's cool. He's in like D3 team or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
Very true. Well, Valverde. Cav- yeah, and Cav is still there. Valverde and Sevilla were, were teammates at Kelma. So that's pretty crazy yeah. that those no, two guys are still, right there. still uh, going on. Glorious times. Oh, I don't know if you guys heard that. Um, that's my door. I'm getting some delivery from California Pizza Kitchen. Nice. And look who it is. It's friend of the pod, Bling Matthews. What up? This is Tom Squinch, and you're listening to this low ride podcast. All right. Here we are in the Prem Lap. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to check out the family of shows. And if you like what you see, feel free to become a donating member to help keep the podcast on the air. Major shout-outs to Rob from, Curia, from Criterium Nation. Love to see what he is uh, up to every week. And also good friend of the pod, Bill Shiken at Psychocross Radio. I'm sure there's a lot up his sleeves as well. And Zach from Nowhere Fast and the rest of the cohorts. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you listen to the episode that uh, Bill had over there on Psychocross Radio featuring Rob from Criterium Nation? It was, uh, it was a good episode kind of about the overlap between the two sports and uh, gave some good insight into uh, Rob's show. Nice. I got a little lost. They got on some lawyer tangents, but, um, you know, that <laughs> yeah, aside. Yeah, cuts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was good. I I did listen to that. Um, there's also uh, – I, lo- I love acting like I know about Criterium Racing and then – Bill just being very like, I don't know much about it. Tell me why I should care. Um, whereas I'm like, oh, I could play this game. Maybe one of these times I'll come over to Criterium Nation and just kind of tell Rob where he's wrong. I don't know if he wants you on the show. Seems yeah, weird. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. Little guy's so, been on there. I've been on there, but. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to make him really want me on that pod. Yeah. You got to hold out. Got to leverage. Got to, yeah. <laughs> what can I get? <laughs> That's only fair. Um. Yeah, but we uh we over at Wide Angle Podium we appreciate the support. Uh, anything um anybody has to um help support the shows that we're producing, that uh, it goes a long way. Uh, especially with the the newer shows like Criterium Nation and Nowhere Fast and uh, Grodio, um, which is ramping up for their gravel season. Um, and uh, you know, it's just help support um the work that's going on. We know you've got time to spare. These days, everybody's nobody's busy doing anything. So if you spend your time <laughs> with us here on Wide Angle Podium, you know we do appreciate it. And uh, I just wanted to make make sure you knew that. So thanks, everyone. And also shout outs to um, friend of the pod, another member of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Of course, I'm talking about Roller Derby, which is in peak form right now in the Spring Classics. Head over to RollerDerby.com. R O U L E U R derby.com to play almost certainly the best fantasy cycling game out there. It's like basically wagering your internet reputation on bike races. Shout out to Nate Chenico, who for years now has been the dominating force Mm -hmm. um, in this league and everything that we have seen. And uh, just going to do a quick uh, control F um, here. Uh, Hmm. Got to kind of, Go down a little bit for uh, uh-huh. 
Spencer, uh, just don't really see you there. Uh, where you at, Spencer? Oh, I am. Uh, you just keep scrolling. I'll get there. I've taken out a couple loans to re up my points. Um, but uh, yeah, roller derby is one of my favorite bike racing related things. At, oh, like bar none on the internet. Yeah. Um, if you haven't been there, check it out. It is a ton of fun. Um, it's set up like horse racing style. It's free to play. The points don't cost you anything. You just you bet them till they're gone, and then you you get a free re up uh, loan on points, so you can just keep going, and you can create leagues with your friends, um, so you don't have to compete against you know the likes of me, who would obviously destroy you. And I personally love all the charts and graphs that they give you to really dive into the stats and uh, figure out what's going on. If you are a a big numbers nerd like Tim, um, you know, you certainly love to, to look at the odds where they're trending, buy high, sell low, you know? Well, I, I'm absolutely stoked to see that there's over 280 riders that have already put in bets this year. I think this is well on our way to one of the best um, years. So upcoming, you have Flesh Wallone um, coming in. And this year, uh, who's going to win Flesh Wallone? Little guy, do you have any hot tips? Because no one's going to listen because you're near last place in roller derby. <laughs> I am pretty far down. Uh, Valverde, come on. He's in good form. Yeah. It's his race. That's sitting at 18 to 1. That's some pretty smoking odds right. on Alejandro Valverde. Gentlemen, with that, let's head back to the show. This is Ryan. This is Ryan. This is Ryan Woodall, Florida's first cyclocross national champion. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are back at the show, and it is that time of the show where we like to get into our mailbag. Hit us up at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. And we will read your email on the air. We answer all types of questions and advice. Johnny Morin hits us up and says, NFT, I was listening to your NFT conversation. I feel like you're missing an opportunity that only cycling can offer. Instead of purchasing GIFs and images that everyone has, cycling has items that no one has. Revoked results and jerseys. When a rider gets popped and is stripped of their results, <laughs> where do they go? No point. one knows. So sell those to the highest bidder. Ugh. Thanks for the pod, Johnny. Yeah. This is a great point. It's genius. This is this is fantastic. I, I absolutely love this idea. What would you guys buy? What would be your revoked oh, results? Anything like the Lance Armstrong. Well, I got several. Lance Armstrong for sure. 100%. Yeah. Like it, you, why would you not? Well, I mean, I mean, it's just kind of base, you know. It's kind of like, who, who? I mean, it's just kind of, nice. it's just kind of boring. I mean, it's like, come on, like I would go for some Santiago Perez action, man. You know, I wanna, I wanna keep it kind of on the DL, Phonak, Volta. There's some sweet Volta results, I'm sure that he forfeited at some point, and that's what I want, you know. I, uh, hmm, this is a good question. <laughs> I, I thought little guy would go with some sort of Volta winner, but that is not <laughs> the one I was expecting. There's um, a lot of Volta results that would be available. Like the Volta would have yeah. a much larger option of uh, who's that guy that signed for um, 
Vasconcelier after after like podiuming like two years in a row on the little Spanish team. Oh yep. Oh, just ugh. the Volta used to every year they'd throw us one GC doper bone, and then you'd have like six to seven months afterwards to just tease out like how are they going to get popped? Like who is that guy, and what drug will he get popped for? It was it gave us something to do in the off season, and See, I feel like. Would you buy the so? What you're saying is you'd buy the NFT for like the entire Androni team, like the futures of the NFT. Well, certainly the <laughs> Vinny Sabula or whatever team that just got booted from the Giro um, for doing EPO. Yeah, I would I would buy all their NFTs and whatever cheap wine. I would buy the NFT. I would buy the results of uh, Ricardo Rico for oh, sure. Yeah, the Cobra. Yeah, yeah. That stage when he looked uh, looked Simone in the eye and attacked him. Why wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. Actually, I would buy all of the results of the Sunyard Duval team because I'm <laughs> going all the way back to Horner. Um, who else do they have on that team? Peopley. Oh, uh, that, Peopley. That'd be a solid. Yeah. NFT purchase. He's got a lot to offer you. Peopley has a lot to offer you. <laughs> the NFTs of uh, Danilo DeLuca, including his Whoa, uh, little Timmy. worn. What was that? The pro the pro tour. Uh, not the world tour, but the pro tour. Yeah. Victory year that he had yeah i'm surprised that wasn't it. your first go to me i mean i know you yeah named your the cat more i thought, think him, about I this <laughs> i did name my cat after him which is the ultimate nft um i think the deluca is just a fantastic name the killer what a great nickname oh my god <laughs> yeah I, i'm quickly being reminded of myself of how much i really like danilo deluca um <laughs> yep Interesting. We may be losing a lot of listeners. It's embarrassing now that I'm coming clean. Unlike all the dopers that I have loved in my I mean, cycling fandom, and I find a way to justify how they're different than Lance Armstrong. The thing, but the things you know, yeah, the things the people duality of man. have to understand is if you like we did, we started all watching in like 2003, 2004. You had no choice but to like a doper, otherwise you wouldn't. You'd have no one to cheer for. I mean, it was very dirty. I mean, since then, almost. <laughs> Everything, everyone who won yeah. something has come out. Something shady has come out about them. So, yeah. not Sastra, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, associ- even like one degree of association. Like, you could have a rider like Sastra and be like, "Yeah, nothing came out about him. He did ride for Reese and CSC for many years." You know, there's mm-hmm. no. And every single other person on that team did get busted. Yeah, so there's. I don't know. There's there's almost no rider that has more than one degree of separation from doping. So to be a cycling fan at that time, you you just had to you had to gonna, associate with some had, dopers. We had to accept a certain level of fantasy, and like it was okay to a point, and then once it broke beyond that, it was kind of like, a, hey, come on, you're not playing by the <laughs> rules, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like a Rico would flash in the pan, and you're like, no, 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 yeah. this is not okay. So it's been a while since I've gone to that Dopeology website. Oh, yeah. You guys ever go to dopeology.org and just kind of no. yeah. type in? Yeah, of course. Pretty amazing site. I'm just going to throw this one out there. You guys tell me. Did Cadell Evans ever get tied up in any type of doping controversy? I do not believe so. But, uh, I, I he did write for Team Mobile. Got, I think he only had being angry at fans about dogs controversy. That's right. Oh, and the guy touched his shoulder or whatever. Yeah. Remember that when he had the shore, sore shoulder? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Um, I'll have to dig into that one uh, maybe in a little bit. But um, also got an email here. NFTs from uh, Matt Thomas. And all it was, 
All it says is keep your heads up, and then it was the picture of Ella Philippe crashing behind Wout Ooh. Van Art and Matthew Vanderpool. Such I think a good he, one. He, yeah, he's going for my heart right there. He he knows I'll pay <laughs> hot top dollar for that one. That, That's yeah. ten bitcoins worth right there. Yep. Ooh. At least ten dog coins. <laughs> oh, thank you, Matt, for uh, sending that one in. Got another one uh, from Craig. Hey, slow riders. I started listening to your podcast late last year and I'm a fast fan. I typically listen to the new podcast and an old podcast each week. Oof. I recently listened to episode 271, Brain Stimulation, and Tim's out of the blue reference for the Oscar worthy 1980s hit, The Last Starfighter, is just the kind of thing I look for in a cycling podcast. I love it. <laughs> Keep it up. Well, you're welcome. It's a, it's a great movie. Yeah. Huge fan. Uh, one, one of the greatest plots of all time. Just look it up. Just, that's why kids should be playing video games. Never know <laughs> when we're going to need you to save the galaxy. Yeah. On the subject you. at hand, it's pollen, a.k.a. allergy season here in the Piedmont of North Carolina. And I find myself launching snot rockets left and right. Well, mostly right. On every ride. <laughs> Therein lies my problem. I can easily shoot the snot rocket out of my right nostril, landing it in the ditch on a routine basis, uh-huh. but struggle to keep it off my shoulder, chest, shorts, out of the left. Do you guys have any tips for those of us that are like Annie Oakley on one side and Elmer Fudd out of the other? Oof. Okay. My strategy here, you're going to need to, and this is going to take some practice, you're going to need to perfect that sprinter look under the elbow move mm. where you're looking underneath your right arm or whatever, the side you're good at. Like you're going that way and you're going to point, basically pointing your nose that way so that you're using all, all of uh, physics or on your side to keep it away from you as you do a poor job of evacuating the nostril and, uh, Luckily, it will already be going in that direction away from you uh, to the side you're good at. That's what I think. So you're going you're gonna to need to do that, like, head down, you know, underneath, blow from there. Don't, don't blow from the upright position. Um, little guy, you're probably the most... Uh, snotty, yeah. Most snotty and probably have the best advice because living in Minnesota, the cold air, kind of just ready to just ditch it all the time out there. I I don't I I'm not I'm not I'm not <laughs> no I don't I'm not able to snot. You just rocket. let it go in your beard. Oh, okay. Uh, I just um, I don't think I'm as I'm not snotty. You guys know me. I get um, an ear infection every year, so I think uh, with me everything just drains inward and then uh, gives me an ear uh, infection. Yeah, it doesn't come out. Beautiful. I'm often um, I don't I don't get. Like colds, like normal people, but then my, so, I'll have an ear infection. So, yeah, everything goes the I'm wrong way. I'm pretty sure, Tim, that I remember a little guy on rides, like, having, like, a pocket handkerchief with him and just taking care of business discreetly, like, drifting back to yeah. the back of the group and taking right. care of things um, I mean, in a proper fashion. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. I think if you attacked at the right moment, you could drop him, uh, and I think he'd be okay with that. Um, but I think it might be a weakness in his game. Well, I, I was just I doing do the have old... a, a weak nostril. Okay, go on. As well, so my left nostril is my weak side too. So I'm with you, Craig. Um, if you got any tips, just let us know later. But um, 
Maybe maybe I will just get a bandana like little guy would have, like a nice gentlemanly yeah. pinkies up, blow my nose before it going back to the front and putting the hammer down. I was gonna say the bandana <laughs> is a good excuse to just do that sort of uh, peel out of the group. Say you're just gonna blow, pretend like you're gonna blow the nose, but you actually are sizing up everybody. You know, you get you get to float to the back uh-huh. of the field. Maybe you get to miss a turn. Uh, and you get to look everyone in the eye for a second, and then uh, you know know where you're going to put in the move for that next town line sprint. You know, it's a good I tactical f- move. I I feel like, and I could just be inventing this, but I feel like this is a move maybe Tim would have used uh, leading into a town line sprint, where he's like, "Oh, I got to blow my nose," and he'd swing way out of the group, and then pretend to be doing that for a while, and then all of a sudden start oh, a yeah. blistering attack <laughs> from you, the you other side this of the road. This, yeah. You think this is a move that I would do? 100% would do this. Right now, my classic move is I tell everybody there's a car back, and then I go. But the problem is everyone I ride with now has those Garmin radars. Yeah. So we can all tell when there's actually a car back. So that used to be my trick to be like, hey, car back. And then everyone kind of goes over to the right and slows down. And then, boom, before you know it, uh-huh. Tim takes a victory. A well-earned You're going to have to switch it up. You're going to have to fight yeah. technology here. Um Maybe you can tell them it's a motorcycle or something uh, something that maybe the Garmin might not pick up. Maybe they'll believe you the first couple times. Yeah, you say, uh, 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 e- Craig, eat e- e- fat bike back, and then you attack. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, uh, Craig continues on. Oh. Now, on the subject from your latest episode regarding cycling NFTs, I have two ideas. All of Sagan's Cannondale-era victory celebrations. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those were good, save the whole, um, I guess, no, that was the special, when he was on the, the podium. Well, the podium's uh, not a victory celebration. Very, very true. But, um, those victory celebrations were pretty good. Like the Running Man, probably the yeah. most popular one. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, pretty good. And then the second one was the videos from the Champs-Élysées rail or follow camera at the height of Mark Cavendish, Ooh. HTC High Road. That so rail good. camera or like the motorcycle camera that they have on the Champs-Élysées for the finish is one of my favorite shots every year because they're even and you know that that bike is going like 45 miles an hour. Yeah, that's that is. Uh, yeah, one of the best shots of the year for sure. It's probably arguably better than uh, if we had some in-bike cameras on uh, on that uh, finishing straight. Now, I remember reading in a uh, – this is not trying to ruin everyone's um, expectations here, but I remember reading on an urban planning blog that uh, they were going to be redesigning some of the Champs-Élysées mm-hmm. and taking yeah. and kind of redesigning the road with a lot more road furniture. So I'm wondering if like it's going to be removable where they can take out the speed bumps when this happens. Oh, I don't know. Otherwise, some riders are going to go flying. Anyways, just something to think about. Yeah. Anyone's into um, uh, French urban planning, you know, send us an email. And another email from Jeff Diefenbach. Dear Tim, Matt, and Spencer, I'm here to rescue you from describing from the <laughs> describing Lance conundrum. Lance uh, Armstrong, you. 1993 ro- World Road Cycling Champion and one-time Oprah Winfrey guest. <laughs> that nicely bookends his 19 years as a pro, I think. Yours faithfully, Jeff. Very 100% good. 100% agree. I love this. Absolutely crushed it. Yeah. Yeah, so Jeff, thank you for that. Uh, Oprah Winfrey guest, fantastic. So well done. Um, guys, we got some uh, emails. Should uh, we read them? Or sorry, some reviews? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's been a while. I haven't I haven't been uh, paying attention. What do we got? Hopefully five stars. All right, guys. Here we are with our three brand new reviews. Head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Rate and review. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars always helps. Uh, JJ Master five hundred three woke blokes. We get three stars. Enjoy the pro cycling discussion. Once you get past their PC banter, hmm, cool. Uh, let's see here. Uh, one I mean, star review. That's it, true. That's <laughs> true. You really got to power through a whole lot of PC banter. You know. Yeah, there's a whole lot it's, of it's garbage rough. on this podcast. Yeah. Just <laughs> it's pretty rough. Just basic human rights, you know, and and all that. Oh, God, I can't believe it. It's a bummer. Here we go again. Hello, Lumpy. One star review. Uh, I wish they would stick to cycling. <laughs> I like to keep my sports separate from politics, but wokeness has slowly crept into the show. I was giving it a pass, but it seems that every episode there is some new issue that drags them into politics. <laughs> oh. I used to really enjoy this show, but I get bombarded with politics everywhere, and I can't take it anymore when I just want to listen to cycling. Well, I do appreciate, Hello Lumpy, that uh, you came to our show for cycling. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, maybe the first you know, mistake. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. I do appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully you stick on through. Mm-hmm. Um, five star review from AG. No, no, no. You knuckleheads. I've been listening for a long time, but not via Apple. So I had to figure out how to get here and give my long-awaited five stars. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I love being able to yell, no, 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 you knuckleheads, with a smile on my face to this trio. (laughs) It's big, on lots of little laughs, and I won't even make fun, uh, won't even make a little guy tie in. I like cross the best and know nothing on the road, but these cats keep educating me on the spring, some things, and tours of whatever. Now, if they could just cover Enduro and more gravity, I could laugh even more. I never miss an episode, a guy named Joe. Joe, thank you. Thanks, Joe. Uh, for the reviews. Thanks for everybody that leaves the reviews, yeah. including those that uh, you're not a fan of the pod because it ha- helps more people find us <laughs> that may become fans of the pod. Hmm, how the tables have turned. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I could have said so much stuff this week to annoy those guys. Well, you know, for every woke um, <laughs> a- accusation that we get, we get countless fist bumps of support, Twitter mentions, and others of just yeah. you know, sharing our opinions for how we are and what we care about. So that's something that I always will take to the bank. And I love sharing yeah. that with you guys because I think that we've all come from pretty good homes and we're pretty damn good people. So uh, we're going to keep fighting for it. Well, uh, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what I would say to the whole thing really is that uh, I don't know that we really claim to be a cycling news podcast or anything like that. We very explicitly claim to be three dudes who like bikes, who just have conversations about it. And, you know, sometimes those things intersect with uh, what's going on in the world. You know, when uh, guys like Buhani are getting called all kinds of stuff and feel like they cannot race their bike mm-hmm. due to pressure and, and you know, any number of other things that we've brought up on here. Uh, I don't I don't consider that wokeness. I just consider that you know, having some decency, but we should yeah. talk about, yeah, decency. <laughs> How am I going to segue out of that? Right. Well, let's get back to cycling, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> Not speaking of decency. Um. So, little guy, 
before we take off, we were in the green room and I was um, complaining. I'm not complaining, excited um, about putting a, um, a little Heimar into um, ice hockey and the expense. Yes. And you were commiserating about getting a kid into cycling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both expensive so then you had sports. A, Very expensive yeah. sports. When should I start getting little Heimar into BMX racing? Any Ooh. advice from you guys? And should I then join them on, you know, join them at, on the start line, on the start ramp with my cruiser? Oh. Like, what should I do here? Ye- I'm thinking BMX racing is a, a pretty sweet place to get going, but I'm afraid of BMX dads. Are they? I don't know what the BMX dads are like. I think you should join him on the star line. I think they're like any because <laughs> any, any sports parent yeah. out there right now. Well, you yeah. should join him on the star line because you want to build his confidence right at the start. And so <laughs> okay. you definitely want to line up with there. And it, right away, he's like talking to his buds. He's like, man, I can already be dad. Uh, you know, just, right. uh, yeah. just just nose plant into the, uh, <laughs> into the first tabletop. Yeah. I, are BMX dads as extreme as you know the baseball, football, basketball dads I grew up around? My dad, I, I think excluded so. My dad being very mellow I, and and always telling me it didn't matter as a kid, even when I was like super like amped, <laughs> like no, it matters. This is the fifth grade championship, and he was like, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna put in that kid who's picking his nose at the end of the bench now, you know. And I was like, no, well, friend of the pod, friend of the pod, uh, Jen Krantz. Uh, down in South Florida has been uh, having her kids race BMX for a while, and she's been getting me mm. out to it. She has told me quite a few stories about what to expect when I get out there, especially a lot of the rigs, like the the trucks that have the full, you know, work kit behind it. Because yeah. it's more of, um, you know, the dads are doing the maintenance on the bike, and then the kids graduate to motocross. Seems to be like a pretty... Oh, yeah pretty easy pipeline yeah whereas i don't have any mechanical yeah at, um as you guys know like i'm, I'm going to be very disappointing to little Heimar when he breaks a chain and i'm gonna be like well guess we got to go home <laughs> <laughs> that's it for the day <laughs> go get a free lap son <laughs> well so yeah uh, yeah i think you need to get uh i think you need to get little Heimar and little nairo into bmx as soon as possible um Obviously, it's a lucrative career path, uh, much more so than ice hockey. Um, yeah. But, but also so that you can you can pass down that wisdom, you know, uh, from your one winter <laughs> racing BMX bikes. Um, I think that'll be you know a valuable. Uh, I'll show know. my number plate, like number right. nine million three hundred thirty-two. <laughs> right, because they don't know right now. Yeah. You can be like. I was like worst. I was dead last, but they they see a number plate and a little BMX trophy, and they're going to be super impressed and think you're super cool. It's going to inspire them, and by the time they figure it all out, they're going to already be in love with the sport. So I am a little bit depressed in the lack of BMX cruisers that are out there. I love 24 inch BMX cruisers. It seems that that has kind of gone the way of the dodo bird, from what I can gather. There's a lot of um, like 26 inch. Mm-hmm. cruisers bmx cruisers yeah can you guys educate me on this like spencer you, you it seems yeah, yeah. like you know what i'm talking about yeah the big mx is is the way to go um is more appropriate for like pump tracks and all that stuff uh you're gonna have a better time it's basically a single speed mountain bike um doesn't sound as fun to me to... 
well, maybe you're not the target market. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, I just a 24 feels like a night, like a little smaller feels a little like it'd be a little more fun. Maybe not for maybe it's not as fast for racing, but it just sounds like more fun whipping around the neighborhood, I guess. But yeah, I think um, I I don't know. I'm not super uh, in depth with the BMX stuff, yeah. but I mean, I don't think there's a lot going on for cruiser class anymore. Like I think I think if you want to do anything, you got to do it on a real BMX, and if you don't want to ride a real BMX, just <laughs> get a 26. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Like they're too close to each other to. Uh, anyway, I know a bunch of freestyle kids and stuff are into even twenty-two really uh, inch bikes because they're uh, they're in between. Yeah, so oh that's a thing that exists if you want to get deep into it. Of course, of course. Um, As someone who cruises around a lot uh, with with so my is there a twenty-two son, inch boost. Oh, I'm sure there is. I I, I cruise <laughs> around on the on the the uh, folding bike a lot w- with little Tom Moon and mm-hmm. Tom Moon, and when he goes for a ride, like that's what I ride, and it's fun. But the 16-inch wheels, they don't roll over a lot. It's hard to get rad. Um, yeah. Pretty much a pebble could stop those things. They're so small. So um, a little 20 would feel amazing to me right now. Yeah. But. yeah. Well, I think at the, the crux of this thing here that um, uh, Tim is leaning ice hockey is probably because he's looking at how much these BMX bikes actually cost. Uh, you know, when... When I was a kid, I feel like you could pick one up for 200 bucks, get a really nice uh, BMX bike. But nowadays, if you're trying to be a race dad, you're going to have to pick up a couple of bikes, maybe a couple of wheel sets, some clippers, Especially pedals. Especially I'm not working on them there during race weekend. Yeah, carbon sole shoes, full-face full face helmet, pads, yeah. all that stuff. Uh, I think I think he's trying to cheap out. Can you have a pit bike in a BMX race? The kid crashes, comes into the pit, and then goes and finishes? After like the well, second berm, the races are so quick. How would you? <laughs> races are like thirty seconds long. <laughs> yeah, but my kid's really fast at the start. No, okay, uh-huh. okay. Uh-huh. If he takes after dad, um, well, cool. Do you guys remember when I bought a BMX bike off eBay and uh, they didn't list the size and the picture was just against the wall and it showed up and it was a bike for like a six-year-old? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I remember that. That was yeah, the that was biggest, very, very good eBay fail. Of my life, it still haunts me every time I see a bike, and I just have to like really confirm sizing because it was just against a wall, no contacts, just against a wall. And I, I remember the box showing up and being like, "That's a really small box." I got a little nervous. <laughs> Open it up, did not fit me. Yeah, super big. So what did you do with it? I sold it at the swap. I lost a bunch of money on it. I sold it at the bike swap to some <laughs> some dad who I mean I'd totally do this now. <laughs> kept coming over at the end of the swap. You know, they mean like, come on, man, my kid's right here. He really wants it. It's like, Ugh, yeah. all right, fine. I mean, I just need to get it out now, of my life. But I I think I lost like a hundred bucks on that thing. You were were you like, oh, this is a super sweet Haro Master replica, and it would be really really cool if it was actually twenty inches. <laughs> No, I don't even know what it was. I wish I remembered. It was some aluminum, weird aluminum thing. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, Why don't you go back to your eBay purchases? I'm sure it's still in there. Just go back like 10 <laughs> yeah. years. And with that, guys, make sure you email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at theslowridepod. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium. Head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out more about our family of shows. Major props to BK1 of Rhymesayers Entertainment the intro and outro music and all of that 
This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Matt, Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Now, you guys know I'm not one for my fashion. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation. Criterium Nation. 